Welcome into another episode of the Rush Review Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Kona. Uh, I like the intro as well. I want to start off uh, a little bit differently this week by getting Justin's take on um, Dan Mullen's practice of recruiting, where he says it will be addressed in the off season and not during the season while games are being played. Uh, and that seems to maybe have backfired on him today when there's reports of a wide receiver prospect flipping his commitment from Florida to Georgia. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's uh, They're not having a great season, and then we'll also want to boot whenever you say that you're going to focus on the whole lifeblood of your program, which is recruiting, when the season is over. Uh, it's, it's obviously not a good take for the recruits, and especially when you lose one to an arch rival like Georgia. So, uh, if, you know, if this continues on this trajectory, Dan Mullen may not have uh, any recruits left or, or even his job for that matter. So his whole, his whole practice of, uh, you know, the, the way the season's gone and his whole, uh, again, back to the practice of the way he's recruiting here or not recruiting, at least until the end of the season, it, it's, it's very interesting to say the least, and it's a big question mark. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to make for uh, an interesting end of the season because, you know, there's not a whole lot of games left. Florida's, you know, they play, what, Samford? Um, I'm not sure who they, who else they play after Samford, but they end with Florida State. And, you know, a loss against that Florida State program could spell the end of <clears throat> Dan Mullen's time at Florida, whether he is outright fired or strongly encouraged to pursue opportunities. It's, it's going to be interesting to monitor going forward. I bring that up to start this episode off because I know Justin and I had discussed last week of the absurdity of Dan Mullen's um, uh, response in the press conference when asked about recruiting. So it's it's just a, an interesting uh, tidbit that has happened uh, this week after he made those comments about recruiting that he loses probably a pretty high-profile wide receiver prospect to to a bitter rival, as Justin said, in Georgia. Um, but we'll continue on with the, the podcast as, as usual, and we'll get into some game recaps. Justin, you want to kick us off with Liberty and Ole Miss? Yeah, I actually thought this one was going to be a little more high-scoring than what it actually was. It did look like it was going to be a bl- bit of a blowout in the beginning as Ole Miss scored within the first 34 seconds on a 70-yard run from Jerry Neely, but... Aside from that, uh, it was very slow moving um, overall, at least compared to Ole Miss standards and Ole Miss kind of typical firepower. They were able to hold Liberty scoreless in the first half. Liberty was definitely shooting themselves in the foot a little bit as uh, their quarterback Willis threw three interceptions. Uh, he didn't really he didn't really get that much yardage either. The rush game was able to get on track some, and they were able to keep it closer, I think, than Zach and myself both would have expected originally. But... Uh, Ole Miss and Corral were able to do still whatever they wanted to do on offense, essentially, as Corral had over 300 yards. Ely was over 100 himself. They just weren't able to get it into the end zone as much as they typically do. So a little bit surprising as far as the score goes, but Ole Miss still looked overall pretty strong. I actually had this game scored closer um, than Justin did, I believe. Um, did you forget my name? I did, yes. <laughs> Who are you again? Um I had this scored a little bit closer last week. Um, I did have them both scoring, you know, more points like they're used to putting up. Uh, but, you know, <clears throat> Hugh Freeze brings a high-energy offense. Lane Kiffin brings a high-energy offense. 
So I just figured that both of them would put up more than they did. As Justin said, you know, Ole Miss was able to, you know, pretty much blank Liberty in the first half. Uh, but then they, the, you know, that defense kind of allowed them to get back in the game in the second half, uh, where it was a little bit of too little too late for Liberty because they weren't able to obviously, you know, tie the game. But they were able to get it a little bit closer than probably a lot of people expected. And I know Hugh Freeze was looking to come away with a, an upset win over his former team. Uh, but it just didn't happen. One game that did happen just as we expected it to would be our next game on the docket for last week, which was Missouri at Georgia. Missouri ultimately got dominated in this game just like we expected them to. They were the first ones to score uh, a field goal, make it three to nothing, but then Georgia scored 40 points unanswered from there. So, uh, and again, that's pretty much what we expected. Stetson Bennett was able to handle this game really well. He was efficient in the past game for 255 yards. Had two touchdowns to boot. Their rush game is, is a lot how their rush game has looked all season. Uh, realistically, no one back really taking control. And actually, Missouri did really well stacking the box and stopping the rush game. I actually expected an, expl an explosive day for the running backs of Georgia because of how Missouri's defense has looked all season. But that is about the only aspect of Georgia's offense that they were able to control. And, uh, of course, we know how the Georgia defense looked. They were smothering. Uh, from the from the defensive line all the way to the secondary. So, uh, dominant performance from Georgia as we expected. Justin, I tell you what, you sum that up pretty perfectly. There's really nothing that I can add to that to uh, to enhance what you just said. So we'll just move on to the next game. How about that? <laughs> Sounds perfect. Auburn and A&M. Is that what you've got on your docket? It is, and this this game for me was uh, one of two shockers of the week. Is I expected Auburn to uh, to have more of an offensive outing. Um, you know, I actually picked them to win this game. I think a lot of people picked them to win this game, um, but you know, A and M is is the real deal. It seems as as the season progresses. You know, Zach Cal Zach is feeling better in this offense. You know, that offense is clicking. The defense is clicking. They got a real good. Um, commitment from Walter Nolan one of the top D tackles in the nation and uh, you know this this team is that Jimbo Fisher is is finally getting the right pieces in it's starting to be a, a pretty scary team to face and uh, and Auburn saw that and you know I, I like I said I picked Auburn to win this game and I think I'm repeating myself <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I just expected more from the Bo Nix led Tigers and Texas A&M just shut them down and you know, they, they performed very well, and like I said, you know, if Alabama slips up again in the regular season, you could see Texas A&M and that representing the West. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I didn't have Auburn winning this game, but I expected it to be a lot closer than it was, and uh, this is one of those games where if you don't look at the scoreboard, it, it would seem like A&M pretty much dominated that game because Auburn wasn't really able to do anything. Um, Texas A&M's offense looks a lot better. They didn't look electrifying. They weren't putting up huge numbers, and they weren't putting up their crazy amount of touchdowns and that sort of thing, but they were very efficient. And uh, they weren't turning the ball over. They weren't doing those things that could potentially lose you a game. So they did what they needed to do, and their defense, uh, as, as Zach, you were kind of alluding to, their defense is what took over this game and is what made it a little bit more of a gap than what I think we both expected uh, to have as the end result. But A&M handled their business in this one, and again, they could be in contention for that West. Uh, top spot if Alabama wants to slip and say the Iron Bowl at the end of the season. So I'm looking forward to see how that shakes out. Yeah, Mississippi State and Arkansas is next up on our docket. And uh, this is one of those games I think we kind of accurately analyzed with it being close. I think your 
Spoil was close in this one last week too. Your projections, Zach. But uh, as he checks notes, if you hear yep, that paper, thirty-eight to thirty-five in yeah. favor of Arkansas. Yeah. So mine was thirty-five to thirty-four in favor of Arkansas. So. Oh yeah, this was your missed two-point conversion. It, it was. Game. It was, and it didn't go just like that, but it was still close nonetheless with an Arkansas victory. It's uh, it's interesting too because Mississippi State was able to do exactly what they want to do, pass all over you. Will Rogers had four hundred plus yards passing, four touchdowns. He did have one pick to go with that. Um, if you flip the if you flip the stats over and look at Arkansas's offensive numbers, they weren't uh, they weren't that crazy. I mean, KJ Jefferson only had one hundred and ninety one yards passing. Their rush game was a little bit more dominant, of course, but uh, Johnson only had one hundred and seven yards, but two touchdowns to go along with that. Yeah, it would appear that uh, Mississippi State was still riding that high from that Kentucky game with the way Will Rogers played, uh, you know, as Justin said, throwing for 417 yards. But it just seems like Arkansas was able to make the right plays at the right time, the right defensive stops at the right time. And, uh, you know, they were able to pull out this win over Mississippi State. And I, a really good Mississippi State, you know, if, uh, a really good Mississippi State team that is that you know if there were a couple more breaks to go their way their season could be a lot more different uh, but really we could say that for you know pretty much any team in the SEC but you know nevertheless Mississippi State's a good team Mike Leach I really like the guy good coach and uh, you know he gets a few more pieces in on these recruiting classes and you know that West will probably be you know they'll look a little bit different there will be you know maybe more jockeying for that second spot how about those kicking tryouts? Did he end up finding a kicker this week, Zach? Um, not yet. I do know that I saw uh, he had uh, about 40 people interested in trying. Justin, I've got some eligibility left. Uh, <laughs> I may go go to Starkville and try out. What about you? I can get. I'll give it my shot for uh, Coach Leach. Uh, I mean, he'd be he'd be fun to play for. I'll give you that much. Moving into the Kentucky Tennessee game, uh, Kentucky obviously didn't review enough game film of either the Mississippi State game or Tennessee because they allowed Tennessee to score a 75-yard touchdown on the very first play of the very first minute of the game, um, and. This game was a, a really good game if you like scoring offenses and not a lot of defense because there wasn't a whole lot of defense that showed up. Uh, you know, Kentucky possessed the ball for nearly 50 minutes, but that still wasn't enough to contain that high-octane offense of Tennessee. And, you know, we're talking about another high-octane offense here. That seems to be the trend with some of these teams now. But, uh, you know, Kentucky's, you know, they're a good team, but they weren't able to make uh, enough plays in this one to, to get to get the win and credit this Tennessee team who's shown resiliency all year. Yeah, Kentucky seemed to be derailed ever since the Georgia game, which I guess Georgia has kind of done that to a couple teams it seems like this year. But uh, ever since the Georgia game, they've lost three in a row. And uh, you're exactly right. This was a game of offense and absolutely no defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, if Tennessee wants to keep this projection going forward, how they uh, how they make some changes and actually put a defensive effort out there. But as far as that offense goes, that is uh, that is a lights out offense, and uh, I, yeah, I think they're going to be very impressive moving forward. And honestly, I think they're going to be very effective this week against Georgia. But we'll talk more on that later. Impressive win for Tennessee. What wasn't an impressive win this week was Alabama's win over LSU. As we've said, you know, as we said last week, LSU's reeling, and we. We don't know if they still got fight in them. Well, they showed that they've got fight. They must have listened to us because they showed this week that they've still got fight in them by uh, giving Alabama all they wanted. 
Um, and, you know, they could have very easily won this game, you know, if, if a few breaks had gone their way. Yeah, they had a chance to win this game actually towards, you know, a couple times realistically, but uh, they just weren't able to do it. And I think, you know, we could, we could easily say a win is a win for Alabama, right? They got out of there with a win. It wasn't the most pretty performance. But I think that we all have such high expectations for Alabama and what Alabama has been, and they're just not living up to those this year with one loss already to A&M and then obviously how they performed here. So it, it'll be interesting moving forward uh, if they get to the SEC championship game, how they perform. But again, the big if there because they've still got to have, you know, they still got to finish out their season strong and they've got Auburn on the books still. Our Arkansas is on the books still as well. That won't be no pushover game. So if LSU can perform like this, I would expect to see some of these notes taken down for those other SEC games they've got left on the schedule. All right, we will finish off with the most impressive upset of the week. Paths was uh, South Carolina's absolute domination of the Florida Gators. What was even more impressive about this win is that uh, South Carolina was on their third string quarterback. You remember Luke Doty had a foot injury uh, that has got him sitting for the rest of the season. Zeb Nolan actually had a knee procedure during the bye week, so they turned to their third string quarterback, Jason Brown, to lead them in this one. And, uh, you know, Brown is not really a household name. He uh, he came from an FCS school last year. Um, you know, he was pretty effective at that FCS school, which, you know, you know, South Carolina had a spot for him, so that means something. Uh, to bring him up to a, you know a stiffer competition of play, and he showed he was ready for the bright lights of the SEC play by absolutely doing whatever he wanted to against this Florida Gators team. It was a really good team win for these Gamecocks and Shane Beamer. It sure was, and it, it might very well be their signature win of the season. And that you know that may sound a little bit crazy coming you know from a, that win coming from a Florida team that's not really impressive this year. But it's a it's a still a really you know really solid Florida team nonetheless. They just haven't put those performances up in every game. And of course, South Carolina and Beamer, you know, first year head coach trying to trying to build something and of course make a statement for the season. I think they kind of did that in this game. So it's it's a it's a step in the right direction nonetheless. And you mentioned Brown; he had a wonderful game. He also had a great complimentary complimentary rush game as well with Harris there getting over 100 yards and. Florida, they're just kind of doing what Florida's done in the past few weeks uh, and just not being able to put a performance together. And that's kind of their mood for the entire season. And, you know, moving into our next segment of rusher, risers and fallers, uh, I'm going to go ahead and keep on that note because for the, I think, the third consecutive week, Florida and Dan Mullen are going to make my fallers list. So it's only appropriate that we end with that Florida-South Carolina game. Dan Mullen, uh, we've talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast, his whole attitude, we've mentioned before him smiling in games where he's losing, getting his butt kicked. I don't know if he smiled in this game or not, but if he was, then he definitely should not have been. And then we talked about how he's uh, not trying to recruit during the season. We'll, we'll worry about that after the season. He's obviously not sending the right message to the players. It, that's showing up because you've had players decommitting from his program. Who knows what's going to be left of that in the next few weeks. And by that, I mean that class. So it'll be interesting to see. It, it, one question I have, and we'll, I'll ask you this question, Zach, is should Florida, should Florida go ahead and 
buy mulling out now and be done with it or what are your thoughts there well i mean that's a good question um mulling actually has a very reason i you know i say very reasonable i mean we're still talking about 12 million dollars bucks there yeah but and you know when it comes to you know the grand scheme of things you know for these big universities 12 million bucks is honestly like 12 bucks to us and you know realistically so i mean he's got a reasonable buyout um i'd probably wait to see what happens in that florida state game because if they end up losing to florida state you know that's not a good look really because this florida state team was reeling early in the season so so I'd probably wait to the end of the Florida State game to see what happens there. Um, but you could very well see Florida and Dan Mullen deciding to part ways after this year. Yeah, it's been a troubled year for them. And, you know, I guess my thing is is whether they buy them out now or buy them out in year two or they buy them out in year three and in that season early, it's still going to be that same $12 million bucks, you know. So uh, to me, it's like if you almost pull the plug a little bit earlier and get a head start on it because – me personally, I don't see them getting any better next year, especially with that with Mullen's whole attitude on the uh, on the season and on his recruiting and all of that. I don't see it getting any better next year, but it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, option for a faller. I just didn't three weeks wanna, in a row. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want to double down on Florida this week, so I chose the Kentucky defense as my faller. But that defense has been lacking at least for two weeks in a row possibly three weeks leading up to the Georgia game. But what what makes it even worse for me is the fact that they had a week to prepare for Mississippi State and still couldn't, you know, get a good defensive stop. And then they played a very similar team against uh, in, in Tennessee and, you know, weren't able to, to stop them very well defensively either. So I've got to pick on Kentucky's defense for my faller this week. I can agree with that pick. I mean, t- uh, Kentucky overall throughout the season has looked pretty pretty decent on defense, and they just haven't, especially in this game, but haven't for you know a couple weeks now, or even three weeks, because they've taken three consecutive losses now. But we can also give some credit to that Tennessee offense. They've made several teams look kind of silly this year. They did it to Kentucky in this game with their hurry up and Kentucky not being ready for it, catching them out of position that sort of thing and they've also done it with the Alabama team we saw some tape on that earlier um, to where some of those uh, players did the same exact thing right there and they were just caught, caught off guard and the high pace fast offense does that to these teams so uh, and and I'm gonna ride that right into my riser because for that reason and for the recovery if you will that Tennessee's had this year I think that's an appropriate way to say it Zach I don't know what you think about that but I think they've had a pretty good recovery this year Heifel's put his game plan to work they finally got the right quarterback, in my opinion, in there, uh, which is Hooker, uh, compared to who they started the season off with. So the offense is very high-paced right now. They're doing exactly what they want to do. They're making those teams look silly, like I just alluded to. So I'm really excited for this matchup this week with Georgia and Tennessee and how that defense matches up with that offense that I'm alluding to. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But Hooker and Tennessee are my risers for this week. And Conehead over here agrees. <laughs> He, uh, he tried to add in a few comments, it sounds like. But uh, that's a good pick for a riser. Um, you know, uh, I actually Only decided... this was on webcam right now. You could see them right in our faces. Uh, I actually decided to go with South Carolina. I do think that that Florida win was a signature win. I know Justin touched on that a little bit earlier. But it was a very good uh, team win for Shane Beamer's squad. 
and uh, you know it's something that they can build upon for the rest of the season and going into next season and you know he's going to get them into playing a you know a very unique brand of football and uh, it's you know beamer balls built on special teams uh, so you know he's going to get that going too and you know the Gamecocks you know they're going to be you know maybe a team to watch in the east because you know as of right now it's just Georgia only because Florida seems to be down right now Tennessee looks to be on the rise but you never can tell and you know it's just year one you don't know how year two is going to look um, so you know the the East is wide open for a, you know a number two team, and South Carolina could be on the cusp of taking that. Yeah, I definitely agree with your take there on South Carolina too. They could be a team to watch here in the future and rise up those rankings in the East. Uh, as far as rankings go, let's look at our rankings this week overall for the SEC. Uh, starting off, I think that we're probably still on the same page, Jack and myself, with at least the first few picks. But we'll see how it shakes out. Georgia's my number one. Um, We've kind of said it earlier in the Missouri game. Uh, they've done what they've done all season on defense, dominated. And then on offense, they've been very efficient, too. I think I think they're actually one of the only teams in the nation with both a top-10 offense and a top-10 defense. Now, their offense isn't as flashy as, say, Tennessee, who they're going to play this week. Um, but they're definitely efficient. And, again, they're worthy of top-10 in, in that category and then a top-10 in defense as well. So... For those reasons and how they're performing this so uh, this far in the season, um, they're my number one. How about you, Zach? Uh, I've got Georgia number one as well. I mean, really, all I'm going to talk about is their defense because, as we all know, the old adage goes: defense wins championships. And you know, not many people have been able to score on that Georgia defense. I think all they've given up is 14 points. 13. 13 points to this point. So, uh, you know, for that reason, I've got Georgia number one still. Alabama checks in at number two for me this week. Um, you know, their win against LSU wasn't very impressive, but overall they didn't do anything to drop themselves in the rankings. You know, Alabama needs to, you know, start putting it together. Uh, you know, those Alabama Ashtu and Saban's given out aren't seeming to work too well. Um, so, but realistically, they haven't done anything to drop themselves in the rankings. So they're staying at number two for me. Alabama ass chewings. You know, it's funny. That's the first time we've heard that so far. Well, I'm surprised we haven't heard of Sorry Vandy yet. But that might be here to come in the, by the end of our rankings, folks. Uh, Alabama is number two for me as well. Much like, you know, everything that Zach said, I'm going to point on the fact, yeah, I think I did last week, that they're going to have to do something a little bit different on defense. Um, they just haven't looked like the same defense this year at all. Now, in this LSU game, they looked kind of vulnerable in both facets of the game because they weren't able to really do whatever they wanted to on offense either. So, But, but Zach's exactly right. They didn't do anything to lose that spot, and they're still Alabama at the end of the day, and we know how Nick Saban and the Tide operate. They're going to get the job done more oftentimes than not. So, again, number two for Alabama. At number three, I've got Texas A&M, and I like the way that this team is playing here uh, later on in the season. And as I said before, if Alabama messes up, then they could very well represent the West uh, in Atlanta this year. I agree with you, A&M number three for me. And uh, they're, they're, they're hot at a perfect time. I mean, they, those two losses are not ideal but how they recovered from them to this point is is especially exceptional. And, you know when you add in the fact that they beat Alabama, so you're exactly right. Uh, they're they're clicking, and if Alabama was to lose another one, then they're going to take over that spot and most likely head over to Atlanta themselves as long as they don't slip up again. So uh, excuse me, A and M number three. 
I've got Ole Miss at number four this week. They did just enough and had some help from teams uh, that were ranked ahead of them last week to rise up two spots this week to number the number four spot. I have them at number four as well. I mean, I did expect more from them in this game and Hugh Freeze's return. But uh, they did enough to get the win and Zach exactly right. The teams ahead of them lost to rise them, raise them up and number four for me as well. Number five, I have Arkansas. They came off of a good win against the Mississippi State team that beat Kentucky. Um, and so that's why I've got them at number five. No rush ranking history this week for us because we are going to differ on this one a little bit. I am actually keeping Auburn at number five, just where they were last week. Uh, two reasons for that. They did lose to that A&M team who we have ranked at number three. And the second reason is because, uh, you know, I like Arkansas at your number five, but Auburn did beat that Arkansas team pretty handily when they played. So that's the reason that I am keeping it that way. You know, Bodix didn't look good in that game, but I still think they've got a solid team worthy enough of a number five spot. So that's where they're at for me. Um, to your point, uh, I know you love head-to-head -head matchups, and this Arkansas team beat the Texas A&M Aggies, <laughs> who are currently ranked at number three for us. So that win is more of a key win than Auburn's, and so that's why Arkansas is number five for me, and Auburn is at six. I'm going to have Arkansas at number six, and uh, you know I can agree with a lot of what you said there, but I think we've got to take into account too when the teams played, and uh, A&M was a much different team earlier in the season than they are now. So. You know, I think if they played head-to-head -head again, which they can't, but I think if they did, that would be a different outcome. And then Auburn also beat Arkansas, which is why they I'm going to slide them up one spot there. Arkansas or Auburn number five, Arkansas at six. That head-to-head -head matchup was uh, pretty handily won by Auburn, 38 to 23. So Auburn five, Arkansas six. Um, number seven for me is going to be Mississippi State. They uh, they lost to the Arkansas team, very very close, and Mississippi State has a. You know, a decently strong team overall. They just didn't put a very good effort forth in that game. So I'm going I'm to keep number seven. I'll have to agree with you at number seven with Mississippi State. Um, you know, their their wins against Kentucky and Texas A&M are, are, are very good wins uh, in this in, in SEC play. So they're, they're at number seven for me as well. Uh, at number eight, checks in Tennessee. And they're behind Mississippi State because their other two SEC wins don't really match the Texas A&M win that Mississippi State has. Uh, they also beat Kentucky, as we talked about earlier, so that's why I've got them at eight. Yeah, I'm going to match you there. Tennessee at number eight. Uh, I will say four now because I like what they're doing, and they could definitely rise from there, uh, especially if they put it together a good performance and possibly make an upset happen this week. But I'm going to agree with you. Tennessee at number eight. Uh, number nine, Kentucky checks in for me. Um, you know, it, it just seems fitting to me that they slot in behind the two teams that they lost to in the past two weeks, uh, being Mississippi State and Tennessee. So I've got Kentucky there. Yeah, Kentucky riding the struggle bus for the past three weeks. So they're going to slide down to number nine as well. Number 10, who do you got, Zach? I got LSU at number 10. Uh, they lost to that Kentucky team. Um, and then they beat Florida, so they're going to slot in at number 10 for me. Or they beat Florida as well. <laughs> yeah, number 10, I've got LSU also. You know, they had a, they had a decent performance against the second-ranked team, Alabama. But, again, it wasn't, it wasn't a win, and they rode the struggle bus for most of the season, like Zach said, losing to the two prior teams. So, number 10 is a good slot for LSU. Number 11, I have South Carolina. 
This is the first movement from the bottom tier that we have seen. Bottom tier was South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. Uh, with uh, South Carolina's dominant win over Florida, they move up to number 11. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that one pick as well. South Carolina number 11. We noted that it could be the signature win that Beamer needs, and uh, they're riding a little bit of momentum now. So 11's also a good spot for South Carolina, moving past Florida, who has the number 12. I think Zach, you alluded to that as well. Yep. Florida, another one of those teams riding the struggle bus a little bit. So uh, they're going to have a lot of correcting to do down there in Gainesville. So Florida number 12. Yep, I have Florida at 12 as well for much of the reasons you just said. Um, Dan Mullen's got to figure out um, if he actually needs to start recruiting during the season or not. <laughs> and uh, since he's decided not to right now, he checks in at number 12. Yeah, if he keeps uh, if he keeps not recruiting, we could find him at number 14 next season. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll just go ahead and round out the bottom here. I don't know if well, Zach can go in depth more if he wants to, but it hasn't changed, at least for the bottom two. Mizzou and sorry, Vandy at 14. Yeah, sorry, Vandy, you know. It is what it is. 14 for you, 13 for Mizzou. So since we finished our rankings now, it wasn't quite the uh, history-making rankings that last week made. Um, but we were pretty close. We only had two that we differed on. Um, and speaking of differing, Justin's favorite portion is up next, which is the Pick'em. And I'm sure we may differ on a few of these. We may or we may surprise you and get them all right uh, as far as uh, picking the same teams. Not the right score predictions. I don't think we've done that yet, have we? <laughs> but we may pick the right teams. We'll start off with New Mexico State at Alabama. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts on that one? I think Alabama pretty much cruises to a win here. New Mexico State really has no shot at upsetting Bama. I've got the Tide winning this one 56-10. I agree with you. Bama's going to pounce on this New Mexico State team. I checked out New Mexico State's schedule a little earlier, and they haven't had a lot of success this year. And when you're going up against the number two team in the nation uh, and also an SEC caliber team, I don't think it's going to be very pretty. Bama wins this one big, 63-10. to 10. Next up, we've got Auburn and Mississippi State. I think that Auburn gets back on the winning track in this one. I think they right the ship, so to speak, and they come away with a victory. A close one here. Kind of a defensive struggle, 17-14. to 14 Close, in, he said. In favor of the Tigers. Close. Closer than the experts think. Channeling's been a course over there. I do agree with you on the close. I also agree with you that Auburn gets the victory and gets back on track. I think we'll see the Bo Nicks of the previous game. Uh, not okay, not this past game, but the previous game before that where Bo Nicks looked really comfortable. We were bragging on him. He was actually our riser. Anyway, I think we'll see that again. And uh, Auburn wins close, 28-24. The third game for Saturday is Florida and Samford. I think Florida rights the ship a little bit. I think Dan Mullen gets his team back into shape a bit. Um, but I do have this one not getting out of hand too much. I've got Florida winning 28-14. to 14. I agree with you on the Florida victory. Uh, I, I think it'll be a little bit... <laughs> it's hard to say that it'll be a further gap than that because we kind of predicted that for the South Carolina game last week and that didn't happen that way, but... Samford, I think we can agree, is probably definitely lesser competition. I do think Florida has a larger margin of victory, 38-7 in this game. All right, Tennessee, Georgia, 330 CBS in Knoxville. Justin, what do you got? Yeah, this is probably one of the most interesting matchups this weekend. A&M and Ole Miss later could be also, but keeping back on this game, this could be very interesting. It's going to be uh, the offense 
of Tennessee versus that defense of Georgia. That's probably going to be your biggest storyline of this game and how they match up. Uh, Georgia's got that strong defense. Tennessee can uh, line you up, quick snap it, and get you off your off balance and score on you pretty quickly. I think that the Dogs ultimately have too much depth. I could see it being a close first half and then kind of getting away from them in the second half. I think that uh, Tennessee will score the most points on this Georgia defense. Now, we've said that a couple times, and we've been proven wrong on that, but I'm going to go and go ahead and say that again this week. I think they score 21 on the defense, but I think that Georgia ultimately outscores them by 17 and scores 38. So 38 to 21, Georgia. I agree with you, Justin, on the fact that I do believe Tennessee will score the most points on this Georgia team. I've actually got Georgia taking advantage of some Tennessee mistakes a little bit more. I've got them winning 42 to 21. Mm, very close score indeed. And I think another close score will actually be the uh, the other game I made of note this week, which will be A&M at Ole Miss. You know, this is a battle of two different teams as well, kind of like the Georgia and Tennessee game. It's going to be one defense versus one offense, that offense being Ole Miss and that defense being A&M. A&M's offense is nothing to scoff at, but they don't perform exactly like an Ole Miss offense does. But again, you flip that around and A&M's defense performs a little bit better than what Ole Miss does. So for those reasons and how they're going to battle on the field, I think it's going to be a very close game. I do think that A&M squeaks it out. Close. 31-28. Um, I've also got this scored as a close game. I mean, I think this Texas A&M defense is going to be the stiffest defense that Ole Miss has faced since Alabama. Um, So I've got this score a little bit higher. I've got it 38-35 in favor of Texas A&M. But ultimately, I do think Texas A&M walks away with the win. I like it. Kentucky at Vanderbilt is up next on the docket. Um, I'll go ahead and say that I think Kentucky gets back on track from their three-game losing skid against Sorry Vanderbilt. Um, I think Kentucky Sorry, wins Vandy. this Get one. Right. Sorry Vandy, I think Kentucky wins this one, 35 to 10. Um, I am also going with Kentucky in a bounce-back win after three consecutive losses, two consecutive off of a bye week. Um, I have uh, Kentucky winning this 42 to 14. Sorry Vandy. Hashtag sorry Mizzou and sorry Gamecocks, even though you are my riser. We uh, completely missed your game uh, for this. Um, I'm going to go We had it written down, but <laughs> we, over, we overlooked it going down the list. So. Hashtag sorry Mizzou, South Carolina. Um, I've got South Carolina in this one, 28-21. I've got them, you know, two consecutive wins. Um, go Gamecocks. Yeah, I like uh, South Carolina as well in this one. Again, we've, we've alluded to it before in this podcast. Momentum from winning against Florida and uh, two consecutive SEC wins, 34-27 to South Carolina. All right, and the nightcap, Arkansas-LSU. Um, I really like Arkansas in this game. I think that they want it more than LSU does. Granted, LSU played Alabama pretty close last week. Um, But I just think ultimately Arkansas is going to be too strong for this LSU squad. I have Arkansas winning 35-14. to Yeah, I have the Arkansas pick as well, but I do have it really close. And uh, I I think the reason for that is just how Arkansas has played in a lot of games this year. There's been a lot of close games this year. (laughs) And I think just the nature of Arkansas at LSU, kind of a little rivalry rivalry there. Rivalry week. 
Um, but uh, I do think it ends up being close. Arkansas with the win, 27 to 24, and building a little bit of momentum to make next week uh, interesting as they face Alabama. All right, this has been another edition of the Rush Review. Um, we're glad you're listening to us. Uh, if you will, go ahead and give us a review. Give us a good rating. Uh, hit that follow button. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Appalachian Rush. You can also follow us on Instagram at Appalachian Rush. Be sure to check out the story as we will share a link to the podcast. And as always, this has been The Real Rush.